Hello there, this is Jason Dees, and this is the Think Through It podcast. Think Through It exists to help people think through the big questions of life and culture. On the Think Through It podcast, we'll be talking with friends, cultural influencers, and forward thinkers about the things that all of us need to be thinking about. Today, I'm talking with Blake Rogers and Graham Thompson, who both serve on staff at Christ Covenant, about the network of churches that we are a part of, the Southern Baptist Convention. There's a lot of confusion, especially in Atlanta, about the Southern Baptist Convention, what it is, what Southern Baptists believe, and why Southern Baptists behave the way they do. But Christ's Covenant is a network church of the Southern Baptist Convention, and we have joined with the SBC in order to more effectively train pastors, plant churches, and send missionaries around the world. Every year, the churches of the Southern Baptist Convention train more pastors, plant more churches, and send more career missionaries than any other Protestant network of churches. It is right and biblical for churches to be networked together, and as I have said many times, there are no non-denominational churches. As soon as a church names itself, it has denominated itself. The question then is, is a church trying to advance the Great Commission alone, or is a church strategically networked with other churches to do more for the kingdom of Christ? At Christ's Covenant, we want to be about more than just our brand of church. We want to be about the kingdom of Christ, and therefore we are glad to be a part of such a strategic network. Recently, however, the Southern Baptist Convention has been in the news a lot, and it's been a lot of negative news. This is overshadowing a lot of the amazing things that God is doing and is doing right now through the SBC. So I thought with the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention coming up next week in Dallas, it would be good to have a little in-house discussion of what's going on with the SBC. So thanks for joining us as we think through it. Well, the three of us are heading to Dallas. Big D. That's right. Little A, double L. First AS. time. Here we go. Home state of Graham Thompson. Gosh, you going excited to, Texas. to go home, Graham? Yeah, my in-laws are there. Going to spend a little time with them. Show you guys around. It'll be good. Uh, I, we need to know the ropes, uh, to use a Texas uh, term there. Well, I don't know why they don't have it in Texas every year. I mean, uh, they, have it, they have it a lot. I mean, it's in like Houston. It was in Phoenix, you know, last year, I guess, which is kind of Texas. So it's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> don't tell that to a Texan. Well, don't I mean, say Phoenix is in Texas. It's that way. You know, it's yeah, yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. It's sandy. <laughs> it's, you know, it's basically all the same. It's right? coming yeah. back to the southeast after that. Yeah, Birmingham, right. Birmingham, Alabama next year. Well, of course, uh, we're going there for the Southern Baptist Convention. It has obviously been uh, an interesting year. Uh, for Southern Baptist life, and uh, I, I thought it would just be really valuable to take some time to talk about those things. Um, you know, I don't know how many people that listen to the Think Through It podcast actually follow uh, any sort of denominational press, uh, but for those of you that do, it's it's been a little bit of a discouraging year uh, in SBC life. Um, a couple of things that have just come out, uh, you know, this obviously is not tied to any sort of scandal or anything negative, but David Platt uh, announcing his resignation from the International Mission Board mm -hmm. uh, to go be a pastor. Uh, I think some people were discouraged, a little discouraged with that. I, I actually, to some degree, I was actually kind of encouraged by that. I think David mm -hmm. is such a great pastor, such a great preacher. 
as a pastor, it's it's very difficult to try to pastor a church and lead the IMB. I mean, I almost think mm-hmm. that's pretty much impossible yeah. to do. Um, and so I think he just went with what the Lord has primarily gifted him, which is not a mission strategist, but a gospel preacher. And I think that that's going to be a positive move in the long run, depending on who the IMB hires. And I'm interested to see. I think David did a great job in his time there, but eager to see who the IMB brings in as president. So that's going on. Then, of course, since then, uh, we've had some uh, some interesting resignations, some due to moral failing. Most recently, uh, Paige Patterson, obviously longtime Southern Baptist, uh, had been the president of Southwestern Seminary, uh, resigned over just some con- comments and some counsel that he had given uh, regarding women. Um, uh, previously, and uh, just kind of a pattern there that he uh, showed. Uh, so many of the articles, so many of the coverage of this has been incredibly negative, and I'm not talking just the Paige Patterson, all of these stories that I, I mentioned. So, yeah, I guess, uh, like, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, has this been discouraging? This certainly is sad, uh, how have you guys been reading all these things that have been coming through? Yeah, um, I think anytime a leader falls, especially a spiritual leader falls in some um, shape or form, it's sad. Um, you know, P- Paige Patterson is a man to whom we owe much uh, respect and honor uh, for the strong work that he's done in the conservative resurgence. Uh, and beyond. I mean, I don't know that we would be Southern Baptist had that not happened. And so uh, we, you know, the Lord used him uh, in that way. And so uh, I think for a man that has the respect of so many and who has been used by the Lord um, so much, I think it is sad, uh, certainly sad, when you see um, him not um, maybe finish the way that uh, someone of so, of such honor should. So, so just a, a little history for those of you who aren't aware. Uh, in the 20th century, uh, most all, you know, Protestant, American Protestant uh, denominations, Methodists, Baptists, Southern Baptists in particular, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, they, they all started off on a theologically liberalizing trajectory and and that had gone back to the 19th century but they all kind of started moving to the theological left started abandoning orthodoxy Uh, obviously those uh, that trajectory has continued uh, in you know the Methodist the Presbyterian it's interesting what's happened in the United Methodist Church recently actually it seems that there, there's, there is energy that seems to you think to think there, there may be some sort of a conservative resurgence mm-hmm. happening uh, among the United Methodist Church just in the past couple of years, and, and we'll save that for a different podcast. But throughout the 20th century, there was a slide toward the theological left among all of these denominations, Southern Baptists being among them. But in the late 70s, 1980s, 1990s, there was a, a, a shift back toward theological orthodoxy toward uh, more conservative theological approaches 
um, that whole movement has been called the conservative resurgence. It's really the only time in church history that any major kind of denomination, any major movement that had started off on a theologically leftward trend turned back as a holistic denomination to become more theologically conservative. Um, there was a lot of criticism, though, uh, of that whole movement, a lot of uh, heartache through that movement, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, kind of the central figure of that movement was Paige Patterson. Uh, to some, he was a hero of the movement, right? He kind of say, he, he was the whistleblower. He was the one that uh, kind of organized this movement. Uh, to some of those that were critical uh, of that movement, um, who not all of them were as liberal theologically as they have been labeled maybe to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of those people were very critical of some of the tactics that were used, uh, some of the harshness, some of the arrogance maybe that was displayed mm-hmm. in that time. And I don't know that we're really here to, to speak about all of the nuances of that, but there was a lot of critique at that time. And Paige Patterson was certainly a central figure in all of that. Uh, and so, yes, Blake, uh, you know, to your point, I am so grateful that as a Southern Baptist, we believe in things like the inerrancy of Scripture. We, we, we believe in a reliable Scripture. I'm grateful that in this age of sexual revolution, we're not afraid to affirm biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Uh, I'm grateful in this age of global lostness that we uh, believe in the exclusivity of the gospel. Uh, so I'm so grateful all of these mm-hmm. things that I think are the fruits of what you know we are calling here the conservative resurgence. And, uh, and, and obviously I'm grateful to Paige Patterson for the role that he played in that, but I, I am, it is troubling, yeah. you know, when you see someone... Um, like you say, not finish well or or live out some of the prophecies that his enemies uh, called uh, upon him. And, uh, uh, you know, but I think it's a great warning to us all, yeah. especially as three young men. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if anything, it teaches us um, that there is no one above accountability. That's right. Uh, even, um, I mean, all of us, no, whether you're a leader whatever role you are as a man in your organization, if it's a, a Christian entity, Southern mm-hmm. Baptist entity at church, I mean, no one should be above accountability, and no one is. Uh, there, There's a, t- a day of reckoning uh, for all things. And so um, I think um, that should stir us to pursue accountability. Mm-hmm. Well, and this news was very prevalent within, you know, Southern Baptist circles, but I— seen things on the news and a lot on Facebook and uh, I wouldn't really I'm not as deep in the Southern Baptist you know circles as you two um, but everyone is definitely seeing these these stories come up in their news feed or on the news and um, I guess from a what, what, what do you think the big effect is going to be from this um, over time I mean I'm I kind of see especially in Atlanta, two different kind of sides, one of people very on the uh, non-denominational side, really not wanting to be denominationally affiliated at all. And then another side of really, and I experience this often when they ask, you know, what, what church uh, or what, what denomination is your church affiliated with? And they're very interested in that. They're, they look yeah. through our statement of beliefs. They're very um, denominationally conscious of the kind of churches that they're visiting and attending and um, I don't think Atlanta is unique 
um, in that way. But I mean, how do you think these these news stories? Uh, how is this? How is that going to affect the Southern Baptist denomination? Um, you know, going forward. I mean, hopefully this is kind of slowing down, but it seems to have we seem to see a bit of a spike. I think you ask a really good question. I, I think even backing up, like the question that we ask before that question is what is the point of denominationalism? Sure, sure. Uh, and I would like to spend a little time talking about that today. The reason that, well, I've said before, there is no non-denominational church, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think you go to a non-denominational church, the fact that your church has a name means that it is denominated, okay? Mm-hmm. It has named itself. It has taken some identity. And so then you have to just ask yourself, okay, is is my identity going to be so tight that I'm not going to partner with any other church for the sake of the Great Commission, for the sake uh, of the advance of the gospel? Or am I going to denominate with, am I going to partner with, am I going to network with other like-minded churches uh, in order to try to advance the gospel, in order to try to plant churches overseas, in order to try to do things that, that networks of churches do, uh, that going back to the New Testament, yeah. I mean, the, the, if you look at the New Testament church, people say, well, we don't see denominations in the Bible. That's not true. You, you see the idea of a denomination, uh, a commonly confessing church that existed in different places that were networked together to help one another out mm-hmm. and ultimately to advance the spread of the gospel. And that's mm-hmm. what a denomination is. Mm-hmm. And so you can either do that all by yourself or you can network with other churches, which is the more biblical approach, uh, in order to see that go forward. And so mm-hmm. that's what it means to be a Southern Baptist. There's no hierarchy. There's no pope. There's no. There's nobody telling us what to do. It's our individual church decision. Okay, what is the best way for us as a collective to advance the gospel, to advance the Great Commission? Uh, and mm-hmm. what we have decided at Christ's Covenant is that it's right for us to denominate with or to network with these Southern Baptist churches. I don't know anything more to say to that. And so you, then the question that Graham asked is, okay, how's this going to affect that? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why the thing that we're going to this week is so amazing because we're going to decide that, Graham. You, Graham Thompson, are going as a messenger— of Christ's covenant, and you're going to make the decisions that we need to make. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to elect a president of the Southern Baptist Convention, which is kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. There's a interesting little race going on. We maybe come back to that. That president, of course, will set in place the process of putting together board of trustees that'll head over these entities, that'll hire new leaders for all of these new entities, uh, you know, all these things that we're talking about. And so, yeah, in, in such a very real way, we affect those things. Uh, we affect what kind of policies there are in place. We affect what kind of accountability measures, to your point, Blake, uh, are in place. And I, so that's really the cool thing about this is in the SBC life, it's not like there's some like nebulous leadership people out there mm-hmm. that we as church members cannot touch. Members of our congregation uh, get to go out and be messengers and say, hey, here's accountability. Here's what we want to see, um, which is really a pretty beautiful yeah, thing. It is. Yeah. And it's just important, too, I think, um, to realize how um, even 
small numbers of individuals going and participating matters. I'd take you back to the previous presidential election. Uh, J.D. Yeah. Greer Unbelievable. and Pastor Steve Gaines. I mean, it was virtually a tie. Three times. After or two times. Two times. Yeah. And then J.D. Greer just graciously said, you know what? I don't want to cause division here. I'm going to step aside and let Pastor Gaines um, take the helm here of the hmm. SBC. That's unbelievable. But, I mean, virtually a tie in the room of thousands. How many people? You mean 8,000 or so messengers. They voted once, and there was like a third or fourth. There was a couple other candidates, so it went to a runoff. And then in the second vote, because you're like, okay, well, there's only two candidates, so one of these will win. Sure. But there was enough ballots that they couldn't count. So, like, if you fill out your ballot incorrectly or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there was enough ballots they couldn't count that there wasn't a cl- there wasn't a majority. It was that close, and and we're talking about like there was like fifty ballots that they couldn't count. It wasn't like an yeah. enormous yeah. number, but it was so oh. close that just a few, maybe not even fifty, but just you know a few dozen ballots, you know, basically made it tie again. Mm-hmm. And that's to Blake's point when JD stepped aside. But mm-hmm. yeah, and those things really matter. I mean, and and obviously you know Steve Daines has done. I think he's done a really good job, and he's been a good president for the SBC, but. Let's say that would have been, you know, somebody that wanted to take the denomination in a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that really, mm-hmm. it really does matter. And so, yeah. And also to your point, Graham, you know, what does the news of these bad things happening in the SBC do for uh, us as members of the Southern Baptist Convention? Well, certainly if it causes you to be apathetic, you lose influence. And so if you if you choose to to be apathetic because all of these things are going on and choose not to show up, mm-hmm. you lose your influence uh, that's given to you as a messenger. And so I think that is a that would be a very poor response. And so if you are dissatisfied with what's going on in the SBC, I would say run to it. Mm-hmm. Give shape to it. That's good. Because um, you can. Vote because you can. So speaking of the president or the presidential election this round at the SBC. I mean, first off, what really is the role for the SBC president? I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, it's it's an interesting role. It's a big role. It's uh, it, it, it to some degree it depends on the president. Uh, different presidents, you know, have different quote unquote platforms, but those platforms again really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, a few years ago, there was a big movement, the, the Great Commission Resurgence, which really changed, ultimately led to a lot of the leadership change in North American Mission Board and the IMB and Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission that I think we, we saw flow out through the years. Um, it, it can lead to a change in percentage that we give to different uh, entities in the SBC. Um and, you know, basically what the president does is he uh, is the vocal head. He's the spokesperson of the SBC. So, I mean, that's a very important position. He com- he appoints the committee on committees that appoints the nominating committee that appoints all of the boards of all the Southern Baptist entities. And, and what are those entities is a good question. Well, first of all, there's the International Mission Board, which is kind mm-hmm. of the mother of all the entities, right? And this is what's so exciting about being a Southern Baptist is as Southern Baptists, we are sending more career missionaries around the world than any other missions organization. And and they get to go without raising a dime mm-hmm. of their own support. Mm-hmm. 
So think about that. All of their energy, it's not back here in the United yeah. States saying, please give, please give, please mm-hmm. give. They're just over there strategizing, serving, evangelizing, planting churches, discipling uh, in some of the hardest to reach areas of our globe um, in a strategic way, in strategic places. Uh, that's a beautiful thing that we are a part of. The North American Mission Board, obviously, is another entity that we have, which obviously we are beneficiaries of at Christ Covenant. The reason we're here is because a North American Mission Board strategist said there needs to be a church here, and mm-hmm. then Johnson Ferry Baptist Church said we'll help make that church happen here, and the North American Mission Board gave coaching and training and and financial support, and here is Christ Covenant. Mm-hmm. And um, you, know, you can just go on down the line, Lifeway, the Six Southern Baptist Seminaries, um, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, there's some other smaller entities, but all of these things that, that really are shaping our churches and really shaping, in some degrees, national conversation, certainly from an evangelical perspective, um, happen and are different because of who is the president of the SBC. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I mean, who are the two people running right now for the SBC president? So this year, uh, there's a, a man named Ken Hemphill, okay. uh, who is a former president of Southwestern. He actually, uh, you know, coincidentally preceded Paige Patterson at Southwestern. Um, I think he works at North Greenville College. Now he writes books. He does seminars. Uh, He's a great man, wonderful man, godly man. Um, And then the other is J.D. Greer. Uh, And, you know, in the minds of Southern Baptists, those two guys kind of represent Ken is an older man. Uh, He is more... Um, where I say less Calvinistic in his, you know, soteriology. J.D. Greer is younger. He's a little more Reformed, uh, more Calvinistic in his soteriology. And so, you know, I think people think that there's kind of this divide in the SBC right now. My my hunch on that is that story is played up mm-hmm. because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't sense it. Yeah. I don't sense a lot of division when I'm out there. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, Blake? Yeah, I mean, I think in the room, there will be some who are on polar opposites of the spectrum. Um, but I also think as a whole, everybody um, is in this thing for the same purpose, that the gospel would be proclaimed clearly in our pulpits, that the gospel would be proclaimed overseas. Uh, in in a strategic missions efforts, and I think um, that's ultimately the goal for most Southern Baptists who are going to show up there. And there's no division in that. And yeah, so, I, I just don't I don't feel right the division. Yeah, uh, I mean I think that yes, people have some different theological nuances, but and I think that the little things that you know are made a big deal of oh we're divided we're divided we're divided. I, I I've been to the Southern Baptist Convention every year since 2004, right. and I just, you know, I mean, there's maybe been a couple of tense moments, but not really, you know, I mean, not nothing overly tense. I mean, even like when the Great Commission resurgence was passed, it was passed overwhelmingly. You know, the only thing there's been a little, there's been a true split vote on okay. since we got here. Well, I mean, the, the presidential election, the J.D. Greer, I mean, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. There's been some presidential elections that have been in close. Ronnie Floyd, remember that a few years ago? That went to a runoff. Um, but that's good. That's a good process. There's good candidates being put forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other was the name change. Remember that? I don't know if you were there. But in 2012, actually, Bryant Wright, our friend Bryant Wright, was mm-hmm. SBC president. This was a big platform position of his. 
He had this idea, and he put together a committee to change the name of the Southern Baptist Convention to the uh, to the uh, Great Commission Baptists, and um, we voted on it, and it passed, but just barely. And you know, they they tell you when you're a young preacher in school, Graham. They say, you know, if if any vote just passes barely. Yeah you know, hold on it. And I think that's kind of what's happened. Interesting. Have you heard Great Commission Baptist? Like, is anybody using that? I mean, I've not heard it uh, outside of that convention, which I was at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it it's not taken, like, we wouldn't say we're Christ Covenant, right. a Great Convention Baptist Church, you right. know, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, um, so we talked a little bit about the purpose of denominations. Then we talked about the SBC. Of course, this is coming up in, uh, rather soon, so that's a hot topic. But I'm a little bit curious to know why both of you chose to become ministers of the gospel within Southern Baptist seminaries and serve in Southern Baptist churches. And I'm not really sure what the, what the history is between the two of you, if you grew up in Southern Baptist churches or not. But I mean, I guess Blake mm-hmm. kind of, what is your history with the Southern Baptist yeah, denomination? Say, yeah. So I didn't choose the Southern Baptist convention to begin with. It chose mm-hmm. me. So I just grew up in a Southern yeah. Baptist church. Um, by God's grace, grew up in Southern Baptist churches. And so, um, you know, and and had wonderful life-shaping experiences there, wonderful life-shaping relationships there. Um, and so uh, when it was time to for me to launch into uh, college, I chose to go to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary because of its education, um, because of um, the professors that are there because of the experience yeah. there, Dr. Moeller's leadership. And so um, I, I have, and I spent 10 years there. And so um, I continue to uh, choose to be a part of the Southern Baptist Convention because of all the things that we've been talking yeah. about. Um, we, we do have outstanding seminaries who are educating pastors. We do have a strategic mission strategy. Um, and we all, we all aim for God to be glorified in our pulpits every week. And so I continue to choose to be Southern Baptist sure. and I'm proud. Okay. So I have an interesting story. So, you know, when I was in college, you know, my, you know, my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor, but he wasn't, uh, and still isn't like that involved in the SBC. Um, so it wasn't like a huge part of my identity. And then I went to college and everything cool, uh, was like not Southern Baptist, you know, I mean, and this Mm -hmm. is kind of when like, you know, North Point was getting really big, and it just, you know, Chuck Swindoll was big, and, like, Dallas Seminary, and so, like, it just felt like, yeah, Southern Baptist, like, that's not that cool, but this is before, like, people knew who Al Mohler was, and Russ Moore, and, and so, um, yeah, so I kind of had to make that decision. Sure. Uh, when I looked at seminaries, I, I looked at Gordon-Conwell, I looked at Dallas Seminary, I looked at Fuller Seminary, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I didn't go to e- any of those seminaries, I mean, nothing against them, but, uh, I am so glad that I ended up getting my education at Southern. And I guess it was while at Southern that I started to understand the magic of this denomination and how much of a force it really could be. And, and that's where I was like, I, I'm staying in this thing to make sure, to, to try to make it as, to try to do the little part I can. And again, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, I'm not like, you know, I have no stake in this game. I mean, I'm not like being asked to speak anything. I mean, it's not like, you know, I have reason to be Southern Baptist, except, uh, I just believe in it. Yeah. It's, it's just the best 
it's the most strategic way, I believe, to advance the Great Commission. I remember Paige, this is a good story. I remember Paige and I. So Paige, you know, she was like a passion team lead and she, you know, was on staff at North Point for all these years. And again, those first are doing amazing things. And so this is not a knock on them, but it, I think it just shows the power of network. And we were at Passion, there's like 60,000 kids there one year. And she just said like, man, like they were gonna raise like $3 million at Passion that year, which is an enormous oh. amount of money. And, um, you know, it was just so encouraging, so overwhelming, this huge movement. And, you know, I talked about that as compared to like, when you add up all of the missions budgets of Southern Baptist churches, when you talk about the cooperative program, when you talk about, um, you know, you know, the, the budget of the North American Mission Board and the budget of the state conventions and all of just the, the, just the, the billions of resor- dollar resources mm-hmm. that are going to missions as a Southern Baptist denomination of churches. Just, mm-hmm. I just talked to her the, the scope difference between, because passion just felt so big and like yeah. the scope difference of that versus like what you could actually do if you started teaming up together. And it was interesting, you know, we first got married, I, I took her to the Southern Mass Convention and she, this was like weeks after we had gotten married and she had <laughs> no idea. the honeymoon? Yeah, no idea what she had stepped into. But it was funny, I remember the first year I was at Valley Day, it was 2013, and they had scheduled the VBS the same week as the SBC, which of course, cool. you know, I would never have allowed. Uh, but, uh, um, but obviously it had already been scheduled before sure, I, sure. I, I got there. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to fly out Monday and fly back Wednesday. But Paige wanted to go so bad. She had, she had drunk the Kool-Aid by that. This is like, just like four years later had drunk the Kool-Aid because she saw the potential where she like flew out early and she came back later because she just wanted to be there and she wanted to be a part of what God was doing. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. No one is doing the kind of scope ministry. I mean, there's 5,000 seminary students at just one of our seminaries that's unbelievable five thousand people training for ministry at just southern seminary alone southern baptists are training more guys for mdivs more guys for the pastoral degree than all other seminaries combined in the united states we just think about that and so and and that's i think what like discourages me about all this bad press that's coming out Mm -hmm. because when do you ever hear this stuff Never. You know, when do you ever hear all of the amazing thing that's really happening? You know, there are there are fewer unreached and unengaged people groups in the world right now than there ever has been. In fact, in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, we have seen the most rapid drop in unengaged people groups that we've ever seen, ever seen mm-hmm. in the history of the church. And and, and I'm not, that's not just Southern Baptists. You know, there's a lot of other great missions organizations that are engaging these things, but the there's a lot to do with that because of Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so a, a lot of really wonderful things are happening that we really have to be grateful for. And it's coming from this kind of collective energy, collective prayer, collective strategy, collective giving, collective sending. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, it, I don't want to, if I'm just out to build a name for myself or for my own brand, then I wouldn't want to be a part of it. But yeah. if I really want to get a bunch of work done, I need other like-minded guys that are going to join with us and be, and I want right. to, I mean, and when I say join with us, I mean, I'm joining with them right. that I'm going to join with in order to see this thing go forward. Mm-hmm. Well, with the Southern Baptist convention next week, what is on a lighter note, the thing you're looking most forward to? I mean, 
obviously there's some business meetings going on. There's some luncheons and there's um, some networking. I mean, is there something, I mean, you guys have been to a few of yeah. them. I, this is my first time to go to the SBC. So help me out here. Like what, I mean, my mother-in-law is going to be there. My father-in-law, I mean, not at the SBC, but in Dallas. Yeah. So, uh, nothing better uh, than hanging out with the Shigadance family. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the in-laws, but like at the SBC, I mean, what should I be most, um, excited for? Yeah. What, what, what's that answer? Yeah, for you? I would say, um, for me, it's connecting with friends in ministry. Yeah. And so, um, this is an opportunity where like hundreds of your friends that you spent seminary years with will be there. And, and there's nothing better than just seeing what the Lord's doing, uh, in their lives. Uh, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Mm -hmm. And so that's good too, just to connect with folks who are struggling in the ministry that's right good. now. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to, to getting lunches and, and coffees mm -hmm. with some good friends while I'm out there. So, you know, for me, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm the same as Blake. My favorite part about it is just the friendships and just seeing people that I really love and I so appreciate what they're doing. Now, I mean, I'm definitely intrigued by, you know, what the Southwestern Seminary Report's going to be. I'm definitely intrigued by what the IMB is going to say. Mm. I'm definitely intrigued by this presidential election, which I do think is very important and interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting business that's going to be happening on the SBC floor. I, I hate to say what I'm about to say. It's, it, it's going to sound like I'm trying to go with the spiritual answer here, but it, it's really not. It really is the best part of the whole meeting. It's Tuesday night. There's a prayer service and then there's a commissioning of of, of missionaries. And so yeah. to be in a room with like 8,000 people, and what's so cool about this too, and you, you should, if you're listening to this, you should be encouraged by this. The most attended, the best, the best attended thing at the SBC is the prayer service, okay? It's not the dramatic business, right? It's it, these guys come, the pastors come out and they get on their hands and knees and they pray for God to move and they pray for their you know, these seminary students and they pray for church planters and they pray for missionaries and they pray for one another and it's awesome. And so that's going to, that, and then you, and then you double down on that. I mean, there's just, it's a, an amazing moment of just joining with these brothers in prayer. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to commission missionaries and, and half of them, you don't even know where they're going because mm -hmm. they can't say where they're going to, because right. they're going to some of the dip, most difficult places on earth. So Tuesday night is so special and I'm really looking forward mm -hmm. to just being a part of that prayer time and the commissioning and the seminary lunch. I love the seminary lunch. <laughs> I, it, I love it all. I yeah, love yeah. nine marks at nine. It, the <laughs> whole thing is great. And uh, I'm so glad you're getting to go, Graham. Well, hey, this is encouraging. I'm looking forward to it more than I was before. And uh, I think this was helpful. Well, Graham, I hope it was helpful for you. I hope it was helpful for everybody uh, that listened. If you're a member of Christ's Covenant, uh, if you're a member of another Southern Baptist Church, you have a lot to be grateful for. And so don't let these news articles discourage you. If you're a member of another church that's doing great commission work, you have a lot to be encouraged about. The Lord is on the move, um, and the name of Christ is going forward. And so let's continue to pray to that end and continue to work to that end. And for Blake Rogers and Graham Thompson, I'm Jason Dees, encouraging you to think through it.